Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Weapons. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 29th, 2020. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKDOWN to get 20% off of your next order. This is now an Elmer Soderblom podcast. Uh, if you caught the World Juniors over the weekend, Team Sweden got off to a rock and start uh elmer soderblom scored one of the goal of the game a between the legs beautiful goal a magnificent beast that man uh and we've got a lot of things to talk about so the way this is going to break down because it is tuesday which means that there was another game last night uh i am going to be we're going to be doing a recap of saturday's game against the czech republic on saturday in segment one a recap of the austria and sweden game on Monday night in segment two. And then in segment three, we're going to kind of take you around the rest of the tournament, catch you up on everything else that you might have missed, including a, uh, a, a sweet relief for why Moritz Seider is not going or is not playing uh, for Team Germany this year. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Center, Nolan Bianchi. Traditionally speaking, I would have longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith, a.k.a. the Kidney Stone Kid, alongside with me to do this recap, but unfortunately... Uh, for our, our poor friend Ethan, he ha- his kidney stone has come back with a vengeance. Uh, if you've been keeping up with the show, he has basically had a kidney stone for the last month or two, and uh, every day he texts me and tells me he's in a lot of a lot of pain, and I feel really bad for him. And today I think it uh, finally reached a breaking point because he texted me and said he wouldn't be able to record because he probably has to or he is in the hospital right now. So. Uh, everybody tweet at Ethan Smith, tell him to, uh, feel better soon. Hopefully everything goes well with that and we can have him back here on the show, but more importantly, uh, just want him healthy. He's my friend. So, uh, I will be flying solo today. Uh, and as we step into game one over the weekend, I think I'm the, the way that I'm going to break these games down is going to be very similar to the way that I break down or that we break down games uh, during the regular season. So we're going to do three big takeaways, obviously, since we're, you know, pushing multiple game recaps into this one episode, and then also recapping some other games, it'll be a little bit more condensed, but once the season starts, I think you can traditionally expect a, uh, you know, one takeaway per segment. And that that's kind of a better way than just kind of going through the periods and talking about what you saw. Uh, so we will try to keep it with that kind of format. And we will start with Sweden's 7-1 to victory over the Czech Republic on Saturday. Now I must warn you guys, I am recording this portion before the Austria and Sweden game uh, takes place. Well, it's actually just starting right now. So if there's any overlap or I say anything contradictory, uh, and you're like, I'm like, uh, this guy hasn't scored yet. And you're like, oh, Nolan, he just did. Um, then there you go. Uh, so that's that's your little warning. That's why that might happen. Uh, but my first big takeaway for this Sweden team was that they just had an an all-around 
very very impressive game they didn't look that great out of the start but my uh, the one thing i really loved about the way that they kind of kept going as this game went on was the fact that they kept pushing uh czech republic is no slouch we saw it the next night they have a great power play great finishers they beat russia um and so i don't really think for the first 30 35 minutes of this game you were looking at it thinking to yourself Sweden really deserves to be up more. I mean, they took a 3-1 lead on a shorthanded goal uh, in the second period, and that was kind of when the floodgates really started to open. But up until that point, I mean, there wasn't, like, Czech Republic was getting his chances. I'm pretty sure they were out shooting Sweden before that shorthanded goal went in. But I, I think a consequence of that, and this was something that was touched on throughout the broadcast, was the fact that Sweden didn't get any pre-tournament games. The Czech Republic did, and they looked very, very good. Uh, and so this, the, the first 20, 30 minutes to me was something that I was looking at going, all right, well, they're, they're kind of getting their legs under them just a little bit. And I really didn't necessarily know that that was kind of what was going on until they did take that commanding lead late in the second, uh, slash early third period. But I think that definitely did make a, uh, big difference as the game went on. And the consequence of not having any pre-tournament games we talked about on last week's episode that Theodore Niederbach looked like he was going to get uh, an opportunity to center a line with Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz Niederbach, of course, getting drafted by the Red Wings in the second round of this year. Uh, a tweet from Chris Peters says that the plan was to do that, but then they never got an exhibition game to see how it might work out. Niederbach still had an, a, a solid performance, got a goal in the second period, but it wasn't necessarily that noticeable uh, until that point. And one thing I wanted to see was, you know, is he driving the play? Is he creating scoring opportunities for the team? And after one game, the answer is, eh, kind of, not really. Uh, the goal he scored was pretty much just a bang-bang play on the power play. Puck comes out uh, to the front, and he whacks it in. Uh, but he did get the chance to play with Elmer Soderblom, who I touched on it at the beginning of the episode, but this is really just... Uh, I am I'm extremely excited to see what this man can be. He's got unbelievable hands. He's six foot eight. He put in an incredible between the legs goal uh, from Lucas Raymond. They had a nice little moment. Uh, those two and Niederbach, they all got to kind of you know hug each other in the corner. Hopefully a uh, glimpse into the future for the Red Wings organization. And I don't want to overreact to one game because uh, like in fairness, he wasn't really that much of a difference maker until Sweden kind of started really building their lead. Uh, but I just love, love the upside that comes alongside with this kid. And you're starting to see just a little bit of it. Craig Button mentioned during the broadcast that he's somebody who has taken kind of a little bit longer than most people to figure out how to use that six foot eight frame with his skill set. But it looks like he's really starting to find it. And while there's definitely, like, I'm not trying to paint this as if Elmer Soderblom is on the same level as an Alex Holtz or a Lucas Raymond, but I think when you just look at expectations versus production, uh, I think that's definitely something to be very, very excited about. And speaking of Lucas Raymond, we're going to move into him next. My next big takeaway, Lucas Raymond is as advertised. Craig Button, uh, there was a quote sometime during the game he just goes he's very elusive lucas raymond uh and it's i mean he got a chance right off of jump street pretty much alexander holtz dropped him the puck as they were entering the zone raymond fired one just over the crossbar and just every time 
that he's out there, and especially with Alexander Holtz, you feel like they've got a chance to score in the blink of an eye. And even though Raymond only got on the uh, score sheet during his assist on that nasty Soderblom goal, I still loved what I saw out of him because I'm looking for the same things that I was looking Like I just mentioned, is he driving the play? Is he creating scoring opportunities for his teammate? And across the board, that is a resounding yes. There was a shift in the second period where he's lined up on the boards for an offensive zone faceoff, immediately goes in once the faceoff is done, pick up, picks up the puck, reverses course, carries the puck down and around behind his net, through the, the corner, back up to the top of the circles, gets a pass off for a one-timer shot that was deflected, he keeps moving, happens to go right towards the guy who ended up picking up the deflected shot, has a textbook stick lift straight out of NHL 21, keeps possession, restarts the cycle, and then nearly gets a chance uh, or gets on the score sheet with a tip chance in front of the net. Then you see him one shift later on the power play, starting the cycle and directing traffic with his stick from the far end of the zone, and he almost you know creates an opportunity off that as well. So I think when you just look at the poise, the maturity, the playmaking, the way that this guy plays with the puck not on his stick is something that we heard a lot about in this pre-draft and even after the draft happened uh, throughout this whole process. That's been one thing that is really enticing about Lucas Raymond's game. And that's on top of the sick hands, the beautiful shot, all of that other stuff. So I think so far in this tournament, you don't want to make too much of these one games, I know. But when you just look at, you know, this is this is the sample size that we have playing against his own competition. So this is kind of what we're going off of so far. But when you just look at all of that, I think you can firmly say that Lucas Raymond in this tournament has been the player that Red Wings fans were hoping for him to be. Now, I did say at the top of the episode that we were going to be breaking this down game by game, and we do three takeaways uh, for each games, one and two in each segment, one and two. But right now on my TV screen, it's a nothing-nothing game between Sweden and Austria, so who knows, maybe there will be actually things that, you know, things to take away. And if that's the case, I will address them at a later date. But Sweden is out shooting Austrians 15 to nothing. I don't know if there's anything that we're really going to necessarily take from this game. Uh, so I'm just going to keep it to the two takeaways for the first segment. And then my third takeaway kind of is a all-encompassing, not necessarily just based on this game uh, type of prediction. So we will get to that on the other side of this break, and then we'll kind of just wrap it up with what's going on in the rest of the tournament in segment three. So I hope you guys are okay with that, but I don't know what you expect me to take out of a 15 to nothing start uh, here in this hockey game. So I'm going to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar instead. I'll tell you what, folks. I bet Elmer Soderblom has been eating some Bilt Bars. Maybe he tried one of their new delicious, amazing flavors. Maybe the Caramel Brownie. Maybe the Cherry Barcia. Or maybe the Carrot Cake. Whatever it is, I can assure you that if you want to grow big and strong like Elmer Soderblom, you have to start eating Bilt Bars. And I'll tell you what, folks, the new year is coming up. If your new year's resolution is to start getting in shape, finally, you know, take control uh, of your health, of your body, then Built Bar is pretty much the place that I would recommend starting. They're, they've got 18 delicious flavors. All of their bars are soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. And if you're thinking to yourself, Nolan, if it's soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, it can't really be that healthy for me, can it? Well, that's where you're wrong. Uh, they've got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Now, I tell you what, if I could start every single one of my days uh, by just eating 180 calories and still getting 19 grams of protein, 
I would look like David Hasselhoff. And I tell you what, that is exactly what I am planning to do once this new year takes shape. And you at home can get a nice little discount if you decide to do the same. Just visit BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. There's an old man sitting next to me Make love to his tonic and gin <laughs> All right, we are back for segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. But first, I got to tell you that betting on the NHL does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast so as i press the record button for uh segment two here the swedens have just capped off a four nothing victory over austria uh shots i believe were somewhere along the lines of like 68 to 6 or something like that uh so that's how that game went the big takeaway there weren't really any big takeaways like i don't think anything is uh necessarily been revealed to us based on this austria game that wasn't revealed to us through the Czech Republic game, but Lucas Raymond had another incredible game. He was all over the place. He was creating a ton of chances. Elmer Soderblom back on that power play one. He looks really, really good. I'm so intrigued by this idea of him really finding uh, that game. He's going to be such a versatile player for the Red Wings as he continues to develop his skill set. Because, like I said, with that six-seven frame or six-eight frame, whatever it may be. Uh, people have been waiting for him to just kind of, you know, find the, uh, find, or Craig Button said, find the fluidity in his game. And now this tournament has kind of been somewhat of his coming out party. Like I said, it, it is a little bit against lesser competition. We'll see how he does against Germ or Russia. We'll see how he does against the US of A in the final game of the group stage. But for all intents and purposes right now, uh, I love what I'm seeing out of Elmer Soderblom. And if he can play the power play, with some of these top guys on Sweden's team. I'm intrigued to see how he carries that over uh, as he continues to go on through his professional career. Lucas Raymond, uh, by the way, he took a he took a kind of a tough hit. I don't know if you could even call I mean it was a it was a bump in the corner. Then he went to the boards and he looked like he was like grabbing his back, but his head went into the boards. It was it was pretty nasty, very scary moment, uh, but he did return for the third period and scored. Uh, so that is nothing but good news uh, from that standpoint. And then some point in the second period as well, uh, there was a pass from Lucas Raymond to Soderstrom, who shot the puck with uh, Soderblom screening the goaltender, and then Niederbach got the tip. So that's just another one of those moments that was really, really nice uh, if you're a Red Wings fan where you can kind of look at this team and say, wow, there's a little bit of our future here. And, I mean, hopefully, if if Everything goes right for the Red Wings. If they're in a situation where Elmer Soderblom is screening the goaltender for a Lucas Raymond uh, pass and a Theodore Niederbach tip in five years, I will assume that means that everything has gone uh, according to or better uh, than the plan was to begin with. So I love what I've been seeing out of that so far. As I mentioned, Lucas Raymond did take a little bit of a bump, but he came out for that third period and scored Sweden's fourth goal. After watching these two games, I think my big takeaway is this. I teased it uh, right before we headed into break last segment. I think Sweden can win this tournament. 
I don't think that's any any groundbreaking uh, a, a groundbreaking prediction. I don't think anybody was saying that Sweden can't win the tournament. But I think when you look at the three top dogs coming in, it was like Canada won and then USA, Russia right there at two and three. And they were kind of interchangeable in some ways. But then Sweden was kind of a distant fourth. And then you could throw some other teams in the mix too. I mean, Finland, who knows uh, where, where they'll end up. But that kind of put them on the same level as Finland where they're just not as deep uh, throughout the entire lineup. And so you're looking at it a little bit like, well, do they have the firepower to keep up with these other teams uh, as this tournament progresses? And I think what we've seen so far is that they have enough firepower on the offensive side of the puck to make up for any lack of depth on the defensive end. And obviously over the course of maybe a regular season or something like that, that's not necessarily the best strategy for trying to win. Uh, but in a tournament like this, it, it does make your team a little bit more intriguing than they because of the smaller sample size. Like you can come out against Russia and if you have a game where you're all over them and you score a bunch of goals in the first period or, or whenever, if you get a little rush, a little blitz of offense, you have the goaltending to shut the door on those other teams. And don't get me wrong, these other teams they're going to be facing in the division coming up, Russia, USA, Yaroslav Askarov, Spencer Knight, they're going to have great goaltending as well. So you can't necessarily rest on your loyal laurels from that standpoint. And I think no doubt uh, this is going to be an absolute fight to the finish. But regardless, we are looking at a situation where we're heading into the final two games of Sweden's schedule uh, and they have played a pretty much flawless hockey with the exception of maybe a little bit uh, weak defensively to start that first game. But then once they found their legs, they kind of started picking it up. And I just think they look really strong. They control the puck really, really well. And there's a very high chance that all they really have to do is win one of these last two games because Russia already lost uh, to the Czech Republic. USA already lost to Russia. So if they can pull off one of these wins, you're going to be heading into that semifinal round on Monday. Obviously, there's a lot of hockey to play between uh, now and then. There's a lot of other teams who have gold medal aspirations. Uh, and we will get to all of them on the other side of this break. We are joined by Harrison Watt from the Ferris State University Bulldogs broadcast crew to break down what we've seen from the rest of the tournament so far. But first, I got to talk to you guys about betonline.ag because I am recording this on Monday, which means I have money on the Monday night football game. And it means that I won a bunch of money yesterday. That's right. I did a nice little four team parlay, took the, uh, took the point spread on each of those games, paid $5 and came out with a $60 cash out. That was all I had to do. It took me like 30 seconds to make the bets, put it in. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, ting, ding, ting, free money. It's like pulling a slot machine at a casino, except your knowledge is what controls whether you win or lose, not some shady, uh, you know, gambling machine or anything like that. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus we've got week 17 in the nfl we've got bowl season we've got nfl playoffs we've got the nhl starting you can bet on individual games you can bet on uh futures you can put a dollar down on the red wings to win the stanley cup and win 200 dollars if they actually do it all of this of course at betonline.ag do not sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action 
Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Last kind of play in this period. All right, back for segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and I'm no longer all by my lonesome. Today we are joined by friend of the podcast, the broadcaster, play-by-play man for the Ferris State University Bulldogs. It is Harrison Watt. Harrison, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're so happy to have you. How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm well. Hope you are as well, and I hope our friend Ethan is uh, getting on the mend here soon uh yeah i mean that's that's been the we we've been hoping that for like the last month and a half two months here but hopefully this is finally uh the tsn turning point if you will for our friend uh ethan but we want to talk about some of the other hockey games that have gone on in this world junior championship tournament because believe it or not you wouldn't know by this podcast harrison but there are other teams playing hockey right now that are not wearing yellow and blue and are you know, we're born in Sweden. Uh, so there's a lot of other games that have gone on since the start of the tournament on December 25th. Let's start with what has jumped out to you the most out of all the games that you've watched so far. Uh, it's not a goaltenders tournament this year because some of the best goaltenders have, they have really kind of fought it. I feel a little bit for Spencer Knight who struggled, um, in the game against Russia, Askarov has been a little iffy. So you're seeing some guys that, you know, are, are getting maybe a little more headlines and goal than, than maybe they would in a normal year. Um, it's been an offensive-oriented year. I don't really know why that is. Um, it's kind of hard to put a finger on it other than the fact that, you know, it's a pretty talented pool of forwards. A couple of teams are just like juggernauts. I mean, obviously you look at Canada and Sweden, the Americans to some degree as well. Um, the Finns can, can really put on a good show. So I, I don't think it helps that you get so many teams that uh, have so many talented forwards and uh, good coaching as well. Um, you know, I can mention Igor Larion up here with Russia, but um, I, I feel kind of weird doing it after they lost the Czech Republic the other day. Um, so it's just been kind of a strange tournament, forwards tournament for sure, or skaters at least. You know, I've kind of been wondering about that too, because part of me wonders if it's just because they there is so much offensive talent in this year I mean obviously it's it's a little bit different of a year if the NHL was playing right now there's a lot of guys playing in this tournament who would not be uh, under normal circumstances then of course you have just the irregular travel schedule and all the quarantine guidelines I just wonder because of the fact that goaltending is so mental like if that just the strain of getting the chance to play in this tournament has anything to do with that as well I think there's kind of a mounting pressure on, on the two that I mentioned, Knight and Askarov, are the ones that people expect the most out of, obviously. Yeah. Um, those are two goalies that have been playing games. Knight has obviously gotten a chance to play and practice already with Boston College, who's one of the more talented teams in the country. And then Askarov's been playing overseas a little bit. So he's got that under his belt. I, I think, though, you know, you mentioned the stocked tournament in terms of the skaters that are available to some of these teams that in some years might not be. Um, it's strange and you know the the magnitude of the pressure on those two goalies the spotlight is probably greater than in in some other years i i'm struggling to think of other years where you had two goaltenders you know with expectations quite this high maybe rask and halak back in the day in like oh four um so i think maybe it's a little bit of everything getting getting to them because you know both of them have been able to play a little bit already before this 
All right, so I think we can safely assume that this uh, Sweden game is, is definitely going to be a win for the Swedes. They're out shooting Austria 45 to 5 uh, here in the second period. Only lead 3 to nothing, though, so I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, we are recording this portion before I record segment two, by the way. So if that confuses you a little bit and you're like, wait a minute, did I try and travel? No, we time traveled. Uh, you were just along for the ride. So assuming that they win, that will make them 2 0. They have two games left against uh russia and the usa now the russians losing uh to the czechs last night that kind of opened the door for some things do you like sweden's chances to get out of this group uh if you just consider them as the the top two competition i like him jeez that's that's such a tough question because those two other teams you just mentioned um on any given night can can be their equal Um, Mm -hmm. Sweden's missing some guys that, um, you know, going into the tournament, they, they came without, but. Um, I think, and, and to kind of further your point there just a little bit, I think uh, coming into this tournament, Sweden was a very clear third out of those three teams to, to medal or to even, you know, reach the gold medal game. Yeah. And, and I, I think they're certainly good. One thing about them that's, that's starting to stick out to me is I, I just feel like there's some there's some something going on with them in terms of chemistry. Like they're they're catching it maybe more so than a couple other teams. Like you know the Americans against Russia looked just disjointed. I don't know that you're going to get a disjointed performance by the Swedes against Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, you can certainly get out talented by Russia, but uh, I. I there's just something about their system and, and the guys that they have playing together. And uh, I don't know what it is. They, they just have like a real, like a team vibe. This isn't just a tournament team. They control the puck really, really, really well. And when they have the puck on their stick, like it feels, it, f- it never feels fleeting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to describe that. And I guess to some degree, I mean, based on Russia had a really strong game against the USA, uh, in game one so it's like other teams have looked like this too and sweden has done it against uh not so great competition obviously we just mentioned the czech republic uh they did beat russia so that that is kind of a little bit a little bit of parody there that makes it kind of hard to decipher exactly what russia is and i think this year it kind of feels like maybe more than other years there's just a little bit more randomness to it i just don't know what to expect going forward no, I don't either. I, I would think I really want to pick Sweden to beat Russia, but I also remember that Igor Larionov exists, and he's – that guy should be an NHL coach, first of all. I mean, somebody needs to throw – I mean, somebody needs to – Somebody? Somebody? Well, you know I feel he's a fair – our guy is a Ferris alum. Um, but somebody needs to back the Brinks truck, the truck up to uh, Larry Otto's front. Who do you like coming out of this tournament? Who has impressed you the most so far? Who do you think has the most longevity uh, to their game? Like the team that you see just that they have, I guess the, the most complete game that you've seen so far. Well, I mean, can we, can we. Not including Canada. I feel okay. like that's a little that's bit, but they, they also struggled against Slovakia uh, last night as well. They played right before that Czech Republic Russia game. Uh, I believe it was Dylan Holloway had the empty or not. Uh, Dylan, what was it? Dylan Holloway. Uh, Dylan Holloway had the empty netter with like a minute to go, but it was like, 
it, that was a game where you're like, man, this is this is one of those games. Like, this is one of those games that like the Slovakians are going to tell their kids about, and they're going to make a movie that's pro- produced by Disney, and they get Kurt Russell to act in it. And that's real. That's how this game felt for for quite a substantial part of it. Obviously, uh, Canada outlasted this team, and I think a lot of times when you have a severe underdog like Slovakia was coming into this game, you tend to think they're a little bit more into it than they actually are, just because they're not supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of where I stand on that front. To me, to me, that was their roadblock, though. Like yeah. that was their opportunity to choke away a game and lose. Mm-hmm. I think now that that's behind them, you can go in the room and be like, all right, we got it out of our system. Let's, let's figure this out now. Um, they're problem solvers. I, I think Canada's the team. Um, I'm not really, geez, maybe, maybe if uh, the Americans would put my guy in goal, Logan Stein, um, maybe, maybe, I'd, maybe I'd feel a little bit better about their chances. Um, I really love Sweden. I love what they're doing right now. Um, Russia, I think, probably has the best coach in the tournament in Iggy. Um, it's it's really just. Wouldn't you see that being a situation though, where like they just don't get it yet, and they and and through no fault of their own or through no fault of Igor Larionov, like they just don't have a good tournament because this is their first tournament playing under Igor Larionov, and yeah. he really is like for a long time the the Russians played they moved away from the Soviet style game that the Russian five brought here to Detroit and they became a lot more conservative, but now like Igor Larionov wants to kind of space out the ice a lot more, a little bit more emphasis on the five man units. I think there could just be some growing pains in that process yeah. going on with Russia this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think in the long term, though, I think they're going to find a way to, to start running the ship again. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's the Canadians. Um, you can't forget about the Finns. I was, I watched some footage on their power play the other day, and the Finns do some really good things with their power play. Um, they move the puck so efficiently. It's it's hard to say. I think the Americans have every bit the talent they need to win the tournament. It's, mm-hmm. Can they can they get everybody to get on the same page on the same night? And it's hard when you have a short camp. It's hard when you know you had guys that had to leave the roster at the last second. Um, I think they can beat the Canadians and push them, but it's going to take the right game plan. It's going to take everybody just choosing to be on the same page on the same night. All right. Thank uh, Harrison. Thank you so much for joining us here at the lockdown Red Wings podcast. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and tell the people what you got coming up at Watt Harrison on Twitter. Uh, you can also check out my blog at puckchops.com. We talk food, hockey broadcast, and, uh, Geez, we're less than 48 hours from our next broadcast, Fair State against Northern Michigan at home. So nice 3 o'clock game. If anybody's uh, getting bored at work on uh, December 30th, you guys can tune into the hockey game. Go to fairstatebulldogs.com. All right, so the uh, United States – or Sweden plays the uh, Russians – on Wednesday night, they play the United States on Thursday night. Uh, that is New Year's Eve. I will not be in any condition to recap that game once 1130 rolls around. Just saying. Uh, so we are going to recap those games and then everything that happened over the weekend. Hopefully, 
It's in preparation of Sweden playing uh, in one of the semifinal games. There's two on Monday, then the championship game will take place on Tuesday, uh, as well as the bronze medal game. We're going to drop one of our episodes featuring Ted Colfin at some point later on in the week. Not necessarily 100% what day, but just uh, be on the lookout for that and subscribe because that's the only way to make sure that your episode will be ready when it opens or the second it drops. So we'll see you back here. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.